Hello, everybody. Welcome to Pet Talks, also known as the Pure Empathy Podcast. I'm Maritza. And I'm Shamina. Welcome, everybody. If this is your first time joining us, we are super excited that you're here. Shamina and I are two licensed therapists working to break down the stigma about mental health, as well as promoting mental and emotional health and wellness. We're super glad to have you listening, and we would love to have you follow along on our platforms. I'll have Shamina tell you about those. So if you want to learn more about our practice or interested in more content or other social media related things, uh, check us out on Facebook. Our handle is Pure Empathy LLC. Um, head over to our website, which is pureempathyllc.com and follow us on Instagram. Our handle on Instagram is pure.empathy.llc. We post all kinds of practice related updates, any social media updates, podcast updates, all things related to mental health on all of those platforms. So check us out. Absolutely. Thanks, Shamina. So please follow along with us. It'll add some positivity in your feed. Now, let's go ahead and jump into today's topic. All right, before we jump straight in on the topic, I'm going to give Shamina a minute. She's going to introduce you to some upcoming changes that we have to the podcast for the new year. Yeah, so we are super excited. Um, So this is going to be the last episode that we are producing for 2022. This will come out at the end of December, or if you're listening, we are at the end of December right now. So moving forward into 2023 and the new year, Maritza and I will be recording um, once a month. So we're going to be releasing episodes on the 15th of every month. And um, so it's not going to be every other week for our avid listeners and fans who have been following. Um, And yeah, that's it, right? Just the once a month thing. I think so. Yeah. We're going to try to, for the most part, most months you'll see the content will follow along with what you're seeing on our social media. So if you're following us on Facebook or Instagram, you'll um, probably see that everything's going to be kind of themed to to match. There may be some months where that might not be possible, or maybe we get a request for a certain topic to cover, but for the most part, we're going to try to do monthly content. Um, And yeah, to the devoted listeners out there, let let's say huge thank you um, to all of you. And we really appreciate you listening to all of our content. Um, I recently got our anchor, which is the podcast service we use our year end review and our, our listener profile or, or whatever it was saying is like the personality type of our listener is the devotee or the devotee. How do you say it? Devotee, devotee. Oh. I'm not <laughs> sure tomato. actually. I think I say devotee in my head when I read it, but that sounds sort of maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, whatever that, that word is uh, that I'm butchering right now um, was the personality profile of the majority of our listeners. So I just want to give a huge shout out and say, thank you so much for listening to our content so far this year. And we are so glad to have you along and we hope you do follow along next month, even though we'll be releasing just the monthly um, episode, but we wanted to try to kind of clean up our process and make it where we can keep this uh, sustainable for our schedules, but also keep getting content out there to our listeners and, and to those clients who follow along with us here. So thank you. Thank you. Huge. Thanks. We are like overwhelmed with, with the love. Yes, we are. Thank you all. 
Yeah. So let's get into it. So this is actually going to release a little bit before the new year hits. Um, but I'm hoping that's a good thing for most people if they get a chance to listen before the first, because what we're going to be talking about is really the new year. And something that happens around New Year's is New Year's resolutions for most people. Um, not everybody does this, of course, but we thought it was a good time to talk about the way we set goals and how you want to go about setting goals so that you achieve maximum success. Yes. And the new year, you know, everybody's like new year, new me, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And, you know, mid January, early February, people fall flat with their goals because most of us and I put myself in this category as well, we set our goals too high. And I I talk a lot with my clients. I use the reference of, you know, you want to shoot for the moon, but you have to train how to be an astronaut first. And everybody just kind of like sits back. They're like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. I get that. Um, Because we want things to be sustainable. We want them to be attainable. And often we there is this disconnect between where we're currently at and where we want to be. Mm. Yeah. I know that I have a tendency to do really lofty goals. This is actually a byproduct of my personality type and something that comes out a lot where I set the bar so incredibly high um, that it's not realistic. You know, it's not a realistic or attainable goal necessarily. And no one would, um, set that standard, you know, externally for me. It's, it's definitely like an internal thing where I'm like, oh, I can um, achieve all this, or, or I have this huge lofty goal. And then when I break it down and realize like everything it'll take to get to that goal, it might be a bit more like long-term or take more miniature goals in between to achieve that big lofty one. Not that lofty goals can't be achieved. We don't want to say that they totally can. <laughs> I set them and achieve them all the time. So it's totally possible. But to say that, especially around New Year's, um, we can have a very idealistic view of the coming year and what we want to get accomplished. And we've got to check in with reality, like what's really possible given your, you know, your life and, and the time and the effort you have to put it forward, whatever goal you've set for yourself. And there are so many different ways to set goals for yourself. So Maritza and I are going to kind of talk about um, some different techniques or just like interventions that we use with clients, we use personally. So take it with a grain of salt, take it for what it's worth. If something we talk about like doesn't apply to you, that's totally fine. It doesn't mean that you're doing something mm-hmm. wrong. It's just a different way of goal setting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we, of course, like as therapists, we're trained to create treatment plans and our treatment plans are basically a set of goals for therapy that you have. And, and depending on the setting that we might be working and that can look really different. Um, so since Shamina and I are operating in private practice, we have a lot of freedom as to how we're able to set goals with clients. So some of our clients that may be listening might be like, Oh, you didn't set goals with me. Chances are we did. Um, but we just didn't do it in this really concrete way where we go, your goal is fill in the blank. Right. Um, whereas when I was working at a lot of the nonprofit settings, we had actual forms that we needed to complete in a very specific way. Um, some of those reasons could be because they're billing insurance and the insurance requires something very specific to be um, in the client's file 
or it could be the funder. So if they're if a place is getting funding, they may have a very specific way that they want the goal set based on the parameters of that program. So obviously there's a lot of different ways you can go about setting goals. It could be something from what looks like a very casual conversation about what you would like to see the end of therapy look like for you all the way to literally pen and paper, putting it down. And that's where Shamina and I are kind of going to give you some different takes on how we set goals so that you can kind of see what type of goal setting really works for you. And again, just to maximize your ability to achieve this stuff. Yes. So I'm going to touch on like two different types. I think um, I'll do the more abstract one first, and then I'll kind of go into like the, the concrete. So from an abstract place, and this is something that I do in my personal life, um, is I try to you know, I'll reflect on the new year. I'll reflect on what's, um, gone on the last year. And recently in the past couple of years, when I try to set goals and I'm using air quotes with that, I really, for me, it feels more like values. What are the values that I want to embody in the new year? Because if I set goals, I'm going to work out three times a day, or I'm going to journal once a week, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that. Do I ever follow that? No, I don't. But if I tell myself I'm going to commit to a healthier lifestyle or I want to eat a cleaner diet or, you know, I'd like to have more space to process my emotions, that opens up a whole different range for me. And I don't feel so boxed in. Or if I'm not doing those things, then, you know, I don't go down like the shame spiral and like beat myself up. Wow, you're a failure. You're not achieving your goals. You're not doing this stuff. So a lot of it, I kind of reflect in, you know, a values-based perspective. And when I do that, there's so much liberation and just autonomy. And I get to choose what an individual goal, again, I'm using air quotes, may look like for myself because I'm following, it, it goes under kind of like this values umbrella term. So, you know, a healthier lifestyle, maybe I ride my bike or maybe I'm doing yoga, maybe I'm going for a walk, you know, maybe I hit the gym, all of those types of things. Um, and it's tailored to what's going on with me in the moment, as opposed to, I have to go to the gym today. This has to happen. Maybe I don't have the energy for that. Or maybe financially I had to cancel my gym membership. And so I can only do things from home right now, but I'm really able to slow it down and just tap into myself and see what is it that I need and how can I create a goal based off of this value that's important to me. Mm -hmm. And like, if your value, the, the core value there is like health, right? Like maintaining or establishing, um, a healthier lifestyle for yourself. And you're truly exhausted that day, getting up and, and hitting the gym might go against the actual value, right? Yeah. So if you haven't go back and listen to our podcast on values, because that's where we talk about what Shamina is talking about right now, how do you set your goals in under the umbrella of your values. So we're presenting a little bit the idea that like the values actually come first because otherwise my goals are quite arbitrary. I'm just sort of setting them maybe where I think they should be. We also have one on should statements or uh, where some, you know, I, I have this uh, external pressure of where they need to be and I'm doing that, but those things aren't necessarily gonna be fulfilling even when we 
achieve the goal because it's not honoring some core value that we have and it didn't support that pillar, if you will. So the Shemina is kind of saying like, if I just kind of set arbitrary goals, I, I might achieve them all day and actually go against what I really wanted in the first place. Um, because maybe that was the day to just rest so yeah. that the next day at the gym was actually truly effective. Right. Um, in getting you to, to a place of like overall health, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. So the other piece of that is, you know, that's kind of the more abstract version. And then I, I work a lot with my clients and, you know, we've learned about this in graduate school, this concept of SMART goals and SMART is an acronym and it stands for specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely or time sensitive. So it, it gives these different parameters of how to set goals that are realistic or you can do in a timely manner. And so this is something I do with my clients. You know, I don't like write out the acronym and I'm like, what is a specific, what is this? What is that? I used to, but not anymore. It's just kind of <laughs> yeah, very... it's like you probably used to have to, right? You probably like, again, had a form that said you have to do it this way. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So what is something specific? But, you know, again, it's, it's kind of this more um, conversational process of, okay, so where are you at realistically? What is, what is the big overarching goal that you want to get to? How do we break that down into smaller parts? And that's really what I work a lot with my clients is, you know, they've got these, um, I liked your term where it's like lofty goals, like, you know, the, mm -hmm. the really big goals, <clears throat> excuse me. But how can we break that down into smaller pieces or how do we um, create something that's easier to achieve because that's going to lead to more motivation and you're going to keep kind of going with your momentum and eventually achieve those goals. So a really good example of like a smart goal, let's say like with with the gym and like the health and, and lifestyle kind of thing that may be happening. So and this is a little different than like what I had just talked about, but the specific part of it. So. Um, I want to lose 10 pounds. That's specific. Or let's do five pounds. Let's do five pounds. <laughs> um, so that's a specific goal. Uh, measurable. You can measure that because you can weigh yourself before you start and you can weigh yourself throughout. So you have some type of um, measurement and just kind of like mathematics you can kind of do there. Attainable. Is that attainable? Five pounds? Yeah, probably. If the goal is 30 pounds, is that going to be attainable if you don't work out at all? Possibly. But that, again, may be setting the bar a little bit too high. So let's do five pounds and then you can, okay, we're going to do another five and then, you know, so on and so forth. Um, S M A R <laughs> realistic. Like, where are we? <laughs> yes. Yes. So the realistic piece, five pounds, pretty realistic for people. Mm -hmm. I, I think for the most part, even if you want to break that down, like two pounds or three pounds, like you can go even smaller than that. Again, if, mm -hmm. if the ultimate goal is 30, how do we break that down into something smaller um, and time sensitive? So let's say you want to do it in a month, five pounds in a month. That could be pretty reasonable. And you, you get to, um, you get to define what that looks like. So is that, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to change my diet. I'm going to eat healthier. I'm going to, um, you know, work out two to three times a week, those types of things, but it's just a way to help you organize what your goal is going to look like. Um, it's a concrete way to also just see it 
as, as opposed to like, I'm just going to, I'm going to lose five pounds in the next month, but you're able to just kind of like break that down into smaller parts, um, even more. And it's easier to digest for people because I, I think again, like you, you have this like abstract version of this goal and you're like, okay, great. I'm going to do that. And it seems really overwhelming, especially if you're not doing the thing to get you to that goal right now in this moment. Mm-hmm. So then how do you stay grounded? How can you stay present? How do you stay committed to this goal? We make it a little more structured. Yeah. And, and I love what you're talking about, about like, okay, 30 pounds might be, this is too lofty or unreasonable because we have this time measurement on it. So five is very reasonable. And then I would say, you know, keep in mind your circumstances. So if you're somebody who maybe has limitation, you can't do the heavy cardio or fitness routine that might need to get you there. Most of this for you might be through diet right? Um, Because maybe you have, uh, like myself, I have like an injury um, that limits physical activity. So I have to be very careful what type of physical activity I engage in. So that's going to limit what my abilities are going to be there. So that's the realistic part. Like be realistic about the time that you have to dedicate to this, because there's a lot of real life barriers. And that's where we heavy in our podcast, get into like validation, normalization, right? It's like, there are things that may mean you need to be more realistic about your goal setting, even though in your mind, you would love for it to be, you know, unicorns and rainbows. And I'm right there with you. Right. So I'm, like I said, when I set a goal, it's quite lofty pretty much every time the thing that helps me is making sure I am rooted in my value, right? Because if I'm rooted in my value, even if the goal is lofty, I I tend to treat it kind of the way Shamina is saying, like, this is the big, huge, abstract, in my perfect world goal. And then from that, I can extrapolate some different steps that I want to do. And it kind of reminds me of how we kind of typically see goals on our treatment platforms is we have the goal then you will have um, the objectives. So -hmm. those are like measurable objectives that you want to attain. So what are the things that you actually want to check off the box for to make this goal happen? Then underneath that, we would have interventions for each objective. And so that might be actual for us, like therapeutic interventions we would do to achieve that objective that would feed into achieving the goal. So most of the time when I've seen uh, kind of the SMART goal, I've definitely got like at least three tiers. So goal, objective, intervention. And so my goal may be quite lofty. Um, but that's just serving that big value is like in my perfect world when everything is perfectly aligned and there's, there's great harmony and in, in everything that I do and everything is resonant, then that will be what that goal looks like. But what I'm really maybe aiming for, for say a new year's resolution is something much smaller and more scalable to say, that's a digestible chunk that I could achieve this year. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And we, I think we live in a culture and a society where we are so goal driven all of the time. Like, well, how much more money can you make? What can you do? How do you change this? And at least for me, when the new year comes, it's almost really overwhelming because everybody's like, you know, new year, new you, let's do this differently. Let's do that. But what if like, what I'm happy with what I'm doing, or I want to make kind of Mm -hmm. these smaller changes. So I I think even the new year from a societal perspective, so put so much pressure on people 
to change things about themselves or, okay, well, I didn't like this. So now I have to do this again, or I should be doing this and kind of going back to like those should statements, as opposed to more from an introspective place. What worked for me this past year? What didn't? How can I improve that? How do I make this more achievable? How do I improve my quality of life? Because things are going to come up. We can't anticipate, you know, we couldn't anticipate a global pandemic in, in 2020. I imagine that derailed so many goals for people. But again, like going back to more of like that values-based piece of, okay, if I'm creating these things around my values or something that's important to me, that is more attainable and sustainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so smart goals are something that I think a lot of people have probably heard of in some capacity. I've even seen them mentioned in workplace trainings, right? Mm-hmm. So the, this is kind of common it's out there. And I know, again, if you, if you do a quick Google search, you're going to find a lot of stuff about smart goals, how to set them and all of those, uh, the acronym you'll, you'll find the support for the acronym that Shamina was talking about, just in case you've already forgotten what some of them stand for, um, which is totally fine. That's why it's out there. (laughs) So I, I do like smart goals in the sense that they do help you figure out how to start making goals, um, realistically, you know, for me, it was a big piece of like, oh, okay, that does help you break it down. But in my own, cause we were kind of talking about skills we use and also our own personal ways of setting goals. My personal way, I typically don't use smart goals and I've done it before. And for me, I don't tend to find as much success with it. And I'll touch on this briefly. I won't go too much in depth with it, but um, I've mentioned before the personality types like the Myers-Briggs and the 16 personality types. And in my four-letter code, as they call it, my last letter is a P, um, which means I am a dominant perceiver. And what that kind of means for most people that are P types is that we don't necessarily seek to closure. We actually like to leave things open um, so that fun stuff can fall in on our day, right? And we can be excited by the surprise and novelty of life. Um, whereas people who have a J, which is the opposite letter for that position, um, they seek to closure. They like um, to know what's going to happen. They may be planners in a sense, and they just want to have that sense of closure and structure in their life so that they can have freedom. So for them, the structure is where they can get freedom. And for a P-type, the structure feels like it's inhibiting freedom in a sense, as far as like what you're able to take in and explore in the world. So you've got two different sort of um, approaches to time, if you will, when you look at the JP dichotomy. And it took me a long time to discover this. Part of it was discovering my own personality type, of course, but also is just kind of tapping in and being self-aware as I was going through school, college, things like this about like, how do I work best? Like, how do I actually get things done in a good way? Because I would definitely say I'm a procrastinator. Like I'm a, I'm a heavy procrastinator. So my apartment when I was in grad school was probably the cleanest apartment (laughs) in the world Okay, because I had so many papers to write. And I'd be like, you know, I just got to do the dishes right quick. 
you know, I'm just going to put up that thing of laundry. You know, I've got, I'm going to rearrange. So, you know, the closet needs a whole, just redo. I'm going to pull everything out. I'm going to redo it. And I would do like productive things <laughs> that would be like approved by, you know, social standards. Like, oh, she's just cleaning her apartment. That's a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. She's doing a good thing. Now I'm, I'm procrastinating that paper. Um, but in doing that, I, I sort of learned and witnessed a lot about how I, how I deal with and manage time and how I respond to things like goal setting. And SMART goals for me tended to be actually limiting and constricting because as soon as you sort of started to put so much structure and closure on it, there was just this natural tendency to feel too contained or too constricted or like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, maybe repressed by the goal. And so I naturally wanted to, as a P type, like break free of that. I wanted to go, I wanted to build my lofty, ambitious goals and have no structure underneath and just somehow magically show up (laughs) at that goal. Like, yeah, I did it. And I knew that I needed some amount of structure to achieve things. Obviously all people do. So P types aren't just not needing structure. We're all whole people. And we all need all of these things in a sense. Um, but to say, I realized that I was going to need to do goals a little bit differently. I was going to have to relate to them differently and find a different way to do this. That was going to still honor like my natural tendencies so that I wasn't constantly working against myself and burning myself out. Okay. So what I ended up stumbling into is when I did my hypnotherapy training, we talked about, and and I'm not sure if there's a actual name for this intervention or whatever. I've always just called it toward versus away from goals. And what we worked on was when we're working with clients and they are in goal setting mode, or they're giving us a lot of language that says like, here's my goal. We were to help guide them through setting toward versus away from goals. What that looks like is this. We have a tendency to say, I don't want X, Y, Z. And that does not tell me what you actually do want. Okay. And my, my joke, I always say when I'm explaining this, like in session is like, well, nobody wants to hug a cactus. Right. So of course, in the midst of the desert, I'm not going to set a goal. Like I don't want to hug that cactus. I need to set the goal toward what I want rather than away from the negative or feared stimulus, the cactus. So maybe my goal is to get out of the desert safely and get to water, right? So that's the toward goal. That's where I want to head. And what you're doing is if you think about it in the sense of like traveling, you're setting a heading, right? You're saying Mm -hmm. my heading is here. When we're struggling, And I think weight is a good one that we could use. We talked about like weight, health, exercise. This is a common one for new year's resolutions anyway. So I'm sure a lot of people out there probably do have this goal. Um, But if you say like, I don't want to be overweight, your subconscious mind does this thing where it actually deletes the negative word and it gives you what you said you wanted. So it heard, I want to be overweight because the focus was on overweight what you want to do is you want to flip that around to what you actually want, which is maybe just better overall health. Uh, Maybe you just want to look better. You know, that's fine too. If that's your goal, you just want to look better, feel better in your clothes, whatever it is, but set the goal at the heading. Like, where are you heading? Not where are you moving away from? 
because those away from goals, you, in a sense, think of it as you're walking backwards. You can't really see where you're going. So you're probably going to end up focusing on and getting what you're focused on, which is the negative. So shifting it over to the positive of what am I moving toward? What do I want to move toward? And that's where you set your goal. So I used this for myself to kind of help myself do goals in a different way to say, okay, let me just make sure I'm setting my goals. One, framing them in the positive and two, framing them the where I'm setting a heading for where I want my life to be at whatever time at the end of the new year or sometime mm -hmm. during the new year. And that helped me shift because it wasn't a lot of like specifics or measurables or things that might feel like they're tying me down. I had a ton of freedom to roam all around that, that goal terrain, if you will, because all I needed to know was my heading. And as long as I end up there being a P type, I can go all squiggly on the map. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think of, um, has anybody seen, have you seen Emperor's new group? Mm-hmm. Okay. So where they go on the map and they're all over the place and mm -hmm. it's, there's an obvious straight path you could take. So the J type does the straight path and the P type is like, nom, 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 nom. but we all end up in the same place, right? Like we all achieve the goal. It's just the way that we go and the way that we travel is different. And so kind of honoring that for yourself, that's a big part of why we wanted to share some different aspects or different ways to set goals. And so if you haven't guessed already, I am a J and Marissa is a P. So you get to see like that different perspective. I am very much more like structured. I want closure. This is what this looks like. And so we're able to just kind of demonstrate that in real time, what yeah. that looks like too. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to give you that in a nice, neat package. So for those people that didn't already notice, which I, I feel like um, anybody who's maybe interested in the Myers-Briggs system or just personality types can probably pick that up pretty quickly. Um, but th that's where it's really nice and that we balance each other out because we do cover each other's blind spot. Technically, like if I were to get into the cognitive functions, your last is my first, my first is your last. So we literally cover each other's blind spot, which is, which is a, a beautiful thing. Um, but it, it also is really, for me personally, has been really, really brilliant because in meeting you and in seeing that and listening to you as we've done case consultations together. And as I've just watched you grow professionally, you will give me back things that I've actually given to you. Like and I've, I've taught to you or I've shared with you a tool and you say it differently and it hits differently and I understand it differently. And I, I truly appreciate that so much because it gives me the whole picture. It showed me the piece mm -hmm. that I was maybe doing with clients, but that I myself was missing because I just don't look from that perspective often. I'm not meant to. Um, it would take too much energy for me to go there often. And so you will present it like, here's this Mertz. And I go, oh my gosh, that's the whole picture. Thank you so much. I can see it now. Um, and so it's good to know these things because when you're looking at this stuff, this is going to matter when you're goal setting, it's going to matter. Some of these things like your personality type preferences or just your energy preferences, right? Like how you need to make goals, how you make decisions, how you decide on those values, your processes to me are as equally important as your outcomes. And, and I hope that conveys it well. I'm not sure if that makes sense, but 
No, it does. And I never knew that about myself. So thanks for that feedback. Uh, Cause I, I feel the same way as like, you'll give me something or we'll do a case consultation. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like that makes so much sense. Like I see it. Okay, great. So I think just that like bi-directional relationship and how we're able to like give each other those missing pieces. Um, I love that. Love yeah, that. it's been super beneficial. I, I think of it as the corner of my eye. Like you say, the thing that I can is just in the corner of my eye. I can't quite describe the picture, but I know there's something back there, right? And you you present it from that lens first and foremost. And I go, oh, duh. Like, you know, it's that instant moment of like, that makes perfect sense. I just could not have said it that way or presented it in that kind of package. And, and that's where I like, like when I've gone back and listened to podcast episodes, um, where I can stay somewhat abstract and theoretical, you often follow that up with a very practical, uh, tangible, if you will. And it's so natural when you say it and it's like, okay. And they, they just, to me work together because you're hearing, here's the big, um, abstract thing. And then here's something very practical to ground you in day to day with it. Um, which I, which I've always appreciated that perspective. Um, because I, because I know it's lacking for me. Right. Um, so when I get, when I'm exposed to it, I'm like, Oh, thank goodness. You know, I don't have to be responsible for this because there's somebody who is supposed to be responsible for this information, right? Um, I'm responsible for the, the abstract, the long rants, the, the sidebars. Um, that, that's where my brilliance comes out is just in opening my mouth and seeing what falls out, right? <laughs> in so many ways. Um, and you're like, oh, let me digest that and put that into measurable, digestible chunks. And I'm like, oh, brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> let's do more of that, you know? Um, so yeah, so I do think it works really well in tandem, but I, but I think when I was setting goals, the traditional ways of setting goals are very um, structured to certain personality types. And those types will do better with the typical ways that you learn, like in school or at work, or maybe from your parents. But there are many, many ways to actually set your goals. Um, and so just knowing that you're going to need to work it a way that works for you. Otherwise you're really going against the grain and you may not get those results that you were looking for, but it's not from lack of effort or lack of trying. It's just from being um, ill-suited to the way you're setting those goals. And I just want to take a second to like pause and highlight what Maritza had just said, because that ultimately that's the most important thing. It's like, if you are working towards something and it's not achievable, or you're, you're just feeling like really burnt out. I don't know if I'm ever going to achieve this, or this is never going to happen for me. It may just be the way that you're doing it. And oftentimes, you know, kind of like expanding this, I tell my clients all the time that the reason people come to therapy is because their old way of doing things or coping with things no longer works for them, but they don't know how to change it or how to adapt and move forward. So, you know, the, they've outgrown their skin, so to speak, and they're just kind of like floundering until they, they figure that out. And so that's where, you know, people come to therapy to learn how to goal set. There's, you know, just to have like an objective perspective or, you know, this, a different, um, I mean, I guess perspective, but like that thought process, you know, like Mertz and I balanced each other out in, in different ways that if we didn't communicate, she may not be able to see that or think of it in that way. And it's the same thing with therapy is we get so 
single-mindedly focused and just, you know, we've got our blinders on that sometimes it takes an outside perspective who can say like, oh, well, have you tried it this way? Or what about this? And we can kind of digest it in a better way. So if you don't achieve your goals, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're a failure or you're doing something wrong. It just may be the way that you're doing it. Yeah, it could be an ill-fitting suit, you know? I mean, and if if you think about it, like it's just going in the dressing room and trying on another outfit. Not everything is cut or designed for you and your body type. It's the same in your mental space, right? So not everything is really set up for the way your mind works. And that doesn't mean you can't compensate and function and fit in the world. Of course we can. We can all make those sacrifices and and fit in to a system that maybe isn't comfortable for us. Um, But my argument is your New Year's resolutions are only for you, right? That's just for you. So gear it toward the self, you know, get in touch with what yourself actually needs, what it prefers and the ways it's going to respond most favorably. So like Shamina saying, if, if you were sitting in therapy, for example, with me and you were struggling um, with your goals, like reaching your goals, I might highlight to you that I heard the goal was set away from, right? It's like, oh, that sounds like you're setting a goal away from. And I might shift your mind thinking to like, well, where is it that you actually want to go? Where do you want to land? What is that going to look like? So I'm going to switch those gears for you from, I don't want this. This is not what I want to, okay, now let's look in the direction you do want to go and and paint me that picture because that's going to switch your mind from going, I want to erase the negative to actually, okay, forget that. I'm not actually going to think about that. I'm just going to think about what the goal is, what direction, what positive thing am I moving toward? Um, and that's like a simple little reflection that we might hear it and you might know that that happened, but you, it's so unconscious. It's so just automatic for your brain to go. I don't like to hug cactuses because we're, we're meant to like go ouch and back off like that. That's a normal program. So your mind probably does this in some ways. All I'm saying is like challenge that natural human instinct mentally to go uh, negative thing, move away, save yourself and go, that's not the biggest worry. It's not actually threatening to me, right? It's not truly dangerous. It's just something I'd prefer to not have in my life or I'd prefer to not be going on. So what do I actually want to be going on? What do I actually want to have here? Um, and that's where I think the values, like rooting yourself first, probably in the values is going to be super beneficial because again, your goal setting is going to support those values. Um, without that connection, I, I find for most people, values can fall flat. You can obviously get it right. Some of the time, like that's just numbers, right? Some of the time you will hit the mark, but if you're very conscious and intentional about it then you'll see when you get those core values down, like what do I actually value? What do I want to support underneath that? What goals are going to support that? It's going to be much easier to start tackling those goals. Definitely. And I I like that perspective because we focus again, like as a society, so much on negative things. I don't like this, this bad thing's happening. You turn on the news and it's all just you know, negative Mm -hmm. stuff with a a little positivity thrown in there. And so we are taught how to hyper-focus and fixate on the things that we don't want or things that aren't working for us or we don't like. And it's 
it is kind of this like cognitive reframing of, well, tell me what you do want or what is going well for you in your life or what is the type of value that you're trying to embody into this new year. And it helps to kind of shift that perspective in just being able to focus more on positive things or things we like or things that we want instead of harping so much on the negative because that's where we stay stuck. We get mm-hmm. stuck and we get fixated on those and we don't feel like there's any movement from one side of the spectrum to the other. Mm-hmm. So just to give a, a quick shout out to some other methods of goal setting that that I appreciate and I think are valuable, um, creating like collages, vision boards, or journaling your like intentions for the year. Um, so one thing that I do is I'm a pretty avid journaler. I usually keep like a bullet journal of some sort each year. And it really does help me in a lot of ways. But one of the things I do is each year when I'm starting a new one, there's typically a two page spread in the journal that I will fill up with images, words, whatever for the year that are going to be my focus or my intention. And that's really where I'm creating my goals. So again, they're fairly abstract for me. And I typically have goals that don't necessarily need uh, like step-by-step interventions underneath them. Or I can trust that because I've set goals in a way that suits me, those things will happen naturally. Um, I will actually end up doing like smart goal steps. I'm just not very consciously aware that I'm doing them, right? They just sort of happen because I've set this structure that works for me and and it just sort of emerges, if you will, Um, which is much better for me because if you think about like setting goals versus like I just said, emerges, even my language um, I've learned needs to be different. So it feels like a free process to me. So a lot of like artists, creatives, Um, And what I say, like in the Myers-Briggs system, so SPs and probably NFs might really like to do that kind of thing, setting an intention, creating a collage with visuals of what they're, what they're aiming for. Yeah. And if you're not those, it may just be a really nice creative activity to be able to Mm -hmm. do, to get out of like the cognitive and logical part of your head and tapping Mm -hmm. more into like the creative side. And sometimes we, if, if you do tend to be more like logical, um, it, it, it lands better when you can like visually see it, or you take something out of it that you didn't, I do a lot of this stuff with my own clients will color. I'm like, let's color our feelings today instead of talking about them. And they're like, I love this. I'm like, me too. Um, (laughs) so, you know, just being able to like switch some things up and see, you know, how was that experience for you? Was it easier? Were you able to connect to that more than just like writing it out like a sentence or, you know, like a bullet point kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. And realizing like when you're doing more of the smart goals, that's really going to activate like that left hemisphere, right. Of the brain versus the other more creative endeavors are going to activate the right. And some of us prefer one or the other, just like with the personality preferences, but definitely looking at, um, if maybe you're not someone who tends toward those types of activities, it may be something you want to do to round out, right. Again, like accessing and, and giving, uh, life to parts of yourself that maybe don't, you don't naturally do. Right. So for me, it's like, there is a certain amount of structure I need to create to round myself out. It doesn't mean I'll like it. I may not enjoy it, but I know I need it. And I do see benefit from it. 
what we're talking about is like, just don't flip yourself on your head, right? Um, there's no need to go so far against the grain that you could just be putting that energy into doing the thing you want to do. Yeah, definitely. So as we kind of enter into the new year and this episode releases uh, the week before New Year's, um, just give yourself some time and space to pause and to reflect and to identify what is it that you want to be doing in this next year? What's worked for you? What hasn't? What are some ways to be able to set these goals for yourself? And just take the space to learn what's the best way to do that for you. Because ultimately, you know, Mertz is going to set goals differently than I am. And somebody else is going to set goals differently than both of us. And when you learn that process, you're golden. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because again, if if you've got the right clothing on, you're going to rock the interview, you know? Um, and I know that's not a given you got to know stuff and, and communicate in an interview. But what I'm saying is you're going to feel more confident. So you're just, you're not competing with that factor, right? You're getting that out of your way so that you're eliminating those factors, just like studying for a test. If you study for the test, you feel more confident in your knowledge. You can really mitigate a lot of test anxiety that way right? Just by feeling more confident, you're going to show up better. Your performance will be better. Same thing with goal setting. So any of those factors that feel ill-fitting, take a look at those, figure out what they are for you, what maybe hasn't worked. Um, So do a little quick review of like your last year, what were your resolutions or goals? What didn't really work for you? What felt like a barrier to actually getting it done? Even though you had set out to do it Um, and then start moving toward what you want, setting those uh, goals of where's my heading? What, how can I write this and frame this in the positive so that my focus is on that? And and that way I can actually get that done. Yes. And revisit the goals that you set or put them somewhere that you see every day. And, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of this. Like I'll write them in my journal Will I look at them ever again? No, I will look at them in like two weeks when I'm creating my new ones. And so one, so I literally just thought of this. I was like, I'm going to put this like up in my office so I can see it every day. And I'm looking at it and like checking in with myself. Sometimes I need more of like that visual reminder of, oh yeah, you're supposed to be doing this thing that you want to be doing. Like, Hey, you're working on this, by the way, I'm, I'm really, um, I feel like most years, what I do is I will set a resolution and within the week, I've forgotten what it was like easy, easy. I just like, I'll be like, this will will be my new year's resolution. And I usually like, don't do them because I know I'm going to forget, but I'll kind of get like socially pressured. People will be like, what's your, what's your resolution? So I'll just like come up with one. Okay. I'll do this this year. Um, and I'll tell people, and then I forget, I forget really instantly. So for me, what's been more effective is like uh, opening up like a new journal for the year and like putting that there in a mix of like, you know, words, visuals, and, and other creative things, because it does, it's, for me, it's like pretty to look at, which for me means I will go back to it. I'll go and be like, oh, I love that. And I'm big on like what you were talking about, like coloring and other artistic or creative interventions too. So I'm big on stickers in my <laughs> journal. So I love getting like new stickers or just like colorful things that will draw my attention so that I'll revisit that. Um, so it's again, just kind of knowing these things about yourself, but 
looking at the new year as a time that you can review that. Like what has been working for me, for myself? Where have I been going against the grain? And looking at what what do I want to move toward? What does this year hold for me? Um, what direction do I want to go? Yeah, love it. Love it. So don't forget, um, we will be back in January on the 15th. We're transitioning to episodes once a month that they'll follow our content on social media. So wherever you're finding us, um, it'll be consistent throughout. And we look forward to producing more things for all of you next year. Absolutely. So definitely share with your, your friends and family and everybody, um, because I know you'll be seeing them around the holidays and everything, but we are again, so grateful for our listeners. Um, this has been like such a, a long time coming for me to get the podcast up and going, but also it's been a really cool and rewarding experience. Cause like I said, Shamina and I really have enjoyed our time working together and the way that we're able to, um, shine light from different ends of the tunnel, if you will, so that we can both see all the way through. For me, that's really imperative and part of becoming a better therapist, right? Is seeing what I can't see um, so that I can hold space for, for those things for other people as well. And so we really, really are grateful for every one of our listeners and feel free to give us feedback um, in any of the spaces that you can through the podcast, uh, jump on social media, send us a, a DM, whatever you'd like to do, but let us know if you want to hear more of a certain type of content, um, or just to give feedback. We always appreciate that. Yes. We will see you all next year. Bye. It's not working.